0: Welcome to this, the second episode of Foreign, the podcast for foreigners of every flavour. My name's Patrick Garrett and I'm broadcasting to you from Montpellier in France and you are?
1: My name's Mike Bowden and I'm, uh, well, I, I can't steal your coming <laughs> at you now, but I want to say I'm coming at you from Odense uh, in Denmark.
0: You, you can always come at us, Mike. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not an exclusive thing. Um, so, we did the first episode last week. Everything uh, went pretty well. We got a really good reception. So, we're all very pleased about that. Are you pleased, Mike? Are you happy? Yeah, we've, uh, we're
1: have we just under 1 million listeners. So, you know, as, <laughs> uh, I, I won't be happy until we top that. But, um, yeah.
0: Well, let, let's so see if far, episode so two can push it over the, <laughs> over, over the top. Let's see how we go. So, uh, as ever, well, not as ever, as last week. There's a we're going to have a bit of a running order for for these episodes. So this podcast will happen in three parts. So the first part is we're going to talk about some news in relation to being foreign in either France or Denmark. Um, after that, we're going to talk about our topic of the day, yeah, which is which is going to be about. Uh, we're going to talk about how the language relates to culture and society, uh, specifically in France, because uh, as we're going to find out, French is incredibly important to French society. And for a last part, we're going to talk about our personal experiences of learning French and Danish in the in the early days when we arrived in in france and denmark just for, to recap i've been living in france for 13 years and mike how long have you been in denmark for
1: 24 years so i i win yeah <laughs> um, but, but what what i hear you say right now is that um basically i have to wait about 20 minutes before i can talk about myself that's that's that, <laughs> no,
0: that, no, no, that, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that like we're we're pro mike okay mike. great fantastic right? don't, yeah. don't don't worry don't worry you're yeah. you're, you're gonna be uh, there's gonna be plenty of mike in the in this podcast
1: fantastic okay that, that, that's why i'm here you know, that is That's why, why everyone's <laughs> here, Mike.
0: That's why all, all the fans are here. Like, if there's no Mike, there's no podcast. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Basically. That, that, that is my next tattoo. But, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so this first part, we're going to talk a bit about the news. Uh, Mike talked about some of the news uh, from Denmark last week. So I'm going to talk a bit about some news from France this week. And the news story I've picked is a story from uh, a French newspaper called Liberation. It's a it's a really left wing French newspaper. It was launched by uh, Maoists in the sixties, Mike. Wow! So it's uh, it's uh, it's pure pure communism, pure red, <laughs> and it's um it's about the uh, Party Socialiste, which is the kind of the French equivalent of the Labour Party, I suppose in 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 Britain, uh, presenting their ideas uh, in relation to the immigration bill that's going to be presented to the senate in november so like at the moment in france the 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 news is full of this basically just to give you an idea of what uh, macron and his uh, and his team are going to present to to the senate macron Isn't and
1: it? his macronies sorry i couldn't I, I, I couldn't resist it i'm sorry
0: the the macron yeah that is what as they're called it's uh basically they're going to present this bill that says um There are two main parts to it. The first part is that it's going to be able, uh, the authorities are going to be able to uh, deport people faster. So if you're issued or if you become a uh, OQTF, which stands for Obligation de quitter, quitter le Territoire Français, wow, that means that means you got to go. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> even it,
1: so even though it sounds good, <laughs> even though it sounds really good when you say it, you don't want to be it. No, no, you okay, don't want to be right. one of those. No, okay, no.
0: right, and uh, it's going to make it easier for to get rid of the, to get rid of those guys, uh, but also it's going to allow. For the regularization of what's called in France *sans papier*, which basically means illegal workers, right? Um, but only if they work in certain professions. Uh, so, basically, there's a there's a lot of opposition to this from the uh, *les républicains*, which are the, the French version of the Tories. And uh, they said they won't vote for it, so it's not over yet. So that's pretty much it. It's going to allow uh, Macron and well the French state to get rid of people it doesn't like, you know, a lot easier. But also, it's going to uh, basically allow for people who are illegal or some people who are illegal in France uh, to be legal. They they're going to give them like working permits for a year.
1: So the right wing are basically like they're saying absolutely nobody ever, and Macron yeah. is saying not a lot of people, but some
0: yeah that's right so right. like macron's yeah. Ma- macron's a centrist basically so he so it's kind of uh he's he has to sort of like sit between the left and, and the right literally <laughs> and um the this news story that's on liberation it's basically the party socialists saying that they you know they want to present an alternative stance to the to this immigration bill because they they their fear is that the uh it's becoming an entire debate that's fueled by the far right that's fear-mongering about immigrants and bloody blah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how so, does it,
1: sorry to interrupt, how does it work in France when you said about Macron, it, it, it's it's still up in the air because of the, the right wing party, I've forgotten the name now, said they yeah. won't vote for it. So Macron, to, to, to get a majority in Parliament, Macron actually needs both sides of the kind of, of the House. To Basically,
0: vote. He, he needs, like, this is a bill that's going to the Senate. Right. So like they've they've used what's like being viewed as like an unconstitutional power to force it through the lower house. Okay. But they but now they have to take it to the equivalent of the House of Lords in Britain. So like in in the Senate, they don't have a majority. So they need uh, a vote if they, if they can win over the Tories, uh, Le Republican, then it will pass.
1: Okay. Right.
0: But uh, so, what they don't want to do, obviously, is well, I would hope, obviously, is talk to uh, Marine Le Pen and the fascist party. So, like, um, so basically, what they're trying to do is is find a compromise that everyone will vote for. So, like, the party socialista here are saying they're, they're saying like, you know, it's uh, it's a load of bollocks, basically, and they they're, they're trying to pre- present something that's a, um, a bit more inclusive. Um, so, what they want to do is uh, allow work permits across far a far broader range of um, professions so like you know if you're illegal or you're working in france illegally yeah then you know there'll be a much better chance of you being able to stay basically if if the party socialists get their way okay and also that what they're saying is that they want a, a, fr- a framework for uh for people to be to be able to stay that you know really have nothing to do with the the world of work you know like the whole the, the whole debate is being centered around this idea that you're only useful if you if you work yes. and obviously you know what they're saying is that you know obviously there are a lot of people you know certainly there are people you know such as unaccompanied minors who come here as like refugees from wars people who are fleeing you know climate problems etc cetera, etc cetera, that you know don't really fall into this category um, so they want to provide a framework for those people to be able to stay, and what they're saying in a nutshell that they they want people to be included rather than being integrated. And the 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 conclusion of, of their of their speech that they did to the, to the press for for this uh, for this news story is that they see the the state as having a duty to provide not just tools for learning the language or being integrated into the values of the republic you know that's very it's a really french thing to say that you know the the, the republic has values yeah um, but the the state actually has a duty to provide uh, training access to healthcare access to culture etc cetera, etc cetera. it has a, a duty to include people rather than to integrate people and that mike is my news of the week
1: fantastic I mean, well there's to um make a slight comparison there's something in uh Denmark called the um well, website the national integration barometer
0: oh my god
1: and uh, yeah and it's it sounds
0: fucking terrifying
1: a, and it's a and it's a, a barometer that kind of um <laughs> stu- statistically measures nine different kind of areas of integration from uh and Fucking and hell. and just to mirror in a way what you said, number one, which is getting better, there's yep. these kind of up arrows, green arrows for a positive development, and um, down red arrows for negative elements. But number one, goal goal number one is work. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, so sorry,
0: I just choke on my tea. Now. And it
1: says number, it says here uh, more immigrants, and again, Denmark does stipulate this kind of, um, I don't even know how to translate the word. So you're uh, uh, you're an, an, an immigrant if you uh, have just come in from a different country. Let's just say you've come in from Turkey and yesterday you're, you're, you're an immigrant. But if you came in from Turkey uh, 20, 30 years ago and you've had a kid, then you're also kind of classed as um, something that's called I don't know how to translate it it's called an eftercomma it means okay. you've it means you've come afterwards okay so okay. so there are still kind of problems or they they say there's still kind of problems with with the children of these kind of first generation immigrants okay so it says more so goal number 1 work more immigrants <laughs> and 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 children of immigrants with and again again with the stipulation with non-western uh, origins um have to work that's that's okay. that is goal number one goal number two again with the immigrants and the children of immigrants Etc have mm. to have a kind of um have to have done their a levels again high school um, that's okay. that's goal number two and and goal number three which might be a good segue to the next point is mm. the language right more immigrants and again non-western, and, and immigrants of non-Western origin have to learn Danish, and then there are six, okay. and there are six others which I won't get into. But again, it just kind of mirrors what you were talking about about working, really important, mm. and then the, and education number two, and then learning the language number three. And learning the language, um, according to this barometer, is in a negative development. So uh, but it's I mean, it is it is empirically based about it's about how many, for example, if you click on it, you get a, a graph, a table about how many, for example, the percentage of immigrants uh, with non-Western origin that uh, pass their kind of uh, fifth form or their the last year in a primary school in, uh, in, in Danish, uh, in written and oral Danish and okay. um it's kind of and it's kind of falling compared to western immigrants the okay. percent the percentage is, is 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 sort of falling slightly which is why it's in a negative development so but yeah that's just um that kind of in a way i think uh draws a parallel oh, yeah. to what you were saying Yeah.
0: No, it, it, yeah, it, it, it does definitely. That sounds pretty hardcore. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. it's B- serious business.
1: You can't, it, you know. There's lies, damn lies, and statistics. And yeah, uh, that's and, it, and, it. And I've got the statistics to prove it. <laughs> they never lie. <laughs> no, that's it. They never lie.
0: So to move on then from uh, from that, let's let's talk about how how important French is to to the French state in terms of terms of immigration. What I really wanted to talk about is is the importance of the French language to to French culture and to French society on a, on a political level, and and what the messages we receive about the French language from the government really mean for, for foreigners and immigrants in general. I mean, I I am an immigrant, I am affected by these issues, so I, I, I wanted to talk about that. So I'm just going to start off By saying that the French language to the French state, if you haven't guessed already, is unbelievably important. It's something that I've learned over a long period of time from being here. Um, I've been in the French university system for over six years. And the first year and a half of that was learning French as a foreign language. Uh, And I can tell you that French to the French state is one of the most important things there is, Mike. It doesn't get much more important (laughs) than that. Just to prove that. I've dug up a report that was commissioned by the French government in 2018. It was uh, released in June this year. It's massive and amazing uh, on the state of the French language, both in France and the rest of the world. It's called um, Rapport au Parlement sur la langue française, uh, which means that it's a report to the parliament on the French language. And uh, I'll put a link to it in this episode's description. I'll put a link to the news story as well. Great. Great. So just to give you an idea of what uh, French means to France as a country and as an as a nation and as, as an idea, from page five, it says, I'll read this in French, la langue française est un facteur de cohésion au cœur du pacte républicain. Wow. Which means roughly uh, the French language is a factor of cohesion at the heart of the Republican pact. Now, often in uh, French politics, uh, France and the Republic are, are, are sort of are spoken as being two different things. When, when Macron signs off his addresses uh, on TV, he says, uh, uh, Vive la République et vive la France. They're, they're two separate things. Like France is a nation and the Republic is kind of a set of ideals. So right. in, in French political discourse, you, you often hear about the, the values of the Republic. Um, and it's at it's a, the heart of the Republican pact, Mike. Like it, it, it is, uh, it, it's, it's right there, like holding it together. And uh, another quote from the sixth page. It says uh, again in French, "Pilière de notre culture, simon de notre société, a long monde, le français relève de notre responsabilité collective," which translates means, "pillar of our culture, not not a pillar, Mike." the pillar the The pillar yeah cement of our society and world language french is our collective responsibility the responsibility effectively being to maintain it like some sort of treasure yes i guess which is all well and good but uh what i really want to talk about is what this actually means if you can't speak the language particularly well or if you you haven't been here for very long because uh you know the the answer unfortunately is probably that this uh type of I would say undeniably nationalist political stance you know in relation to yeah, the yeah. French language is probably going to cause you a lot of difficulty yeah you know, if you uh, at best really and I've experienced this firsthand I, I've got to ask you in a second if, uh, if if you have as well like you you know you I can be seen sometimes because I'm English as as diluting French culture, and obviously, like you know, culture is uh, is uh, you know, has multiple meanings, you know? It doesn't, it doesn't, you're, English, mean, right? you're, like, you're improving on it. Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on,
1: you're enriching their culture. <laughs> <laughs> I think that
0: you know, what I mean, uh, you know, col- culture can mean cultural products, you know, it can mm. also mean, you know, a, a, a system of, of ritual for, for a group of people, obviously. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't, stuff, yeah. yeah, exactly, it doesn't, it doesn't mean one thing. So I can be seen as diluting French culture, if you like, and worse, I can be seen as a as a threat, as a sort of threat. You know, we often see this in terms of uh, anglicisms, for example. You know, people can get really shirty about it. And actually, in the uh, in that report, it says apparently one out of two, literally fifty percent of people in France get angry yeah. or you know find themselves getting getting annoyed if they see English words in advertising, for example. So I just wanted to ask you, you know, what you know, could you relate to that as a, you know in Denmark? Is there, does any of that sort of like ring true for you as well?
1: Um, no, not really. There are um, maybe a couple of nationalist parties that uh, have some kind of pushback about how much English um, there is in the education system. Mm. There was a, a case that the Danish People's Party, Dansk Folkeparti, uh, brought up a few years ago that lots of New kind of uh, new kind of subjects were being taught in English at university, and they wanted those either reduced or kind of forced to be, speak Danish. But being English, um, especially—well, uh, I can't say especially in Denmark. But being English is Denmark. Uh, being in, being English in Denmark, there is a, a different kind of status to it. Okay. So the fact that uh, when I speak English, I think people find it. Uh, they yeah they don't. It's it's not provocative to them. Lots of Danish people in their everyday uh, language will say anyway or whatever or by mm-hmm. the way, and it's generally generally accepted. So there's this whole other so- social status that English, the English language, and maybe the country England, and I would also uh, uh, I- include America in that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the the pushback against that there are some. Mutterings of is Danish it being eroded by the English language, but it, it's not really a national debate, and it's not something that I meet in in any way in my everyday. In fact, quite the opposite. Mm. Quite the opposite. I mean,
0: I, I could say like that, that specifically that you know, I mean, I, I you know, this isn't like something that I come up against like every day or anything, but I certainly have come up against it where people have expressed like pretty strong opinions about the um, the danger french faces in terms of english okay um, and to be honest like the uh, the the official stance and of the official response i guess is is effectively paradoxal. you know apparently french is the most important thing in the world to france you know and if you don't speak it then you need to learn to speak it you know what i mean you have to speak it properly and you know etc etc but there's also the, the the simple truth that the, the international community speaks English, and the you know our generation we've spoken about this before um, in France like is is generally pretty bad at speaking English, and and you know I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. or saying it's just something that I it is absolutely true. You yeah, know, that people in their sort of fifties or forties and fifties um, were effectively sort of shielded from. This sort of wave of English. If you, for example, if you go to Berlin or you know if you go to Germany or you know etc cetera, etc, cetera, you know a lot more people speak English who are our age. Um, but that in France has only really happened with Gen Z. So like for the, there's this sort of like dual debate is that you know you have to protect French because it's the core of society, yeah. but also you have to internationalise france you know french people still have to be able to speak english effectively otherwise they can't work properly you know on the international stage so it can be a bit tricky sometimes you know there's no there's no sort of like real really clear answer to it
1: no i mean it is a really difficult balance i think it's a difficult balance also in denmark denmark again doesn't maybe have the same kind of cultural history as france and maybe the same sense of national importance or maybe doesn't have as much to back it up with as France does without wishing to criticize Denmark. But I think, yeah, the balance between uh, there's only really five and a half million people that speak Danish. So there is a desire to preserve it and to Mm. maintain it. uh, But at the same time, a second language like German or English is something that's... Widely accepted. I mean, most, a lot of Danes speak German as a second language, especially mm. if you live in the south of Jutland. They've grown up with it on television. And uh, most young people. And, yeah, I haven't really, the only person I had problems communicating with was my uh, father-in-law or ex-father-in-law. Okay. He he he, he couldn't speak it. Uh, my My mother-in-law could understand me and could reply just a little bit. But mm. uh, but that was a generation of people like when I came over they were like uh, late fifties early sixties. Mm. But most people of our generation and younger will, can all understand and converse in English pretty much.
0: Yeah, you know, you that's know? that's crazy. I mean, that that really isn't the case here. I mean, like you know, for I mean the people I'm in university with now, who are basically in their early twenties, they can speak English like really well. I mean, like mm. you know, we do you know we do like uh master's seminars in english and they have no problem with those and you know we all you know contribute in english and so forth i mean you know i really enjoy those lessons it's you know it's, it's really great to hear to hear people like you know learning learning english and like being able to communicate like you know multilingually is, is amazing to me because you know being blocked from doing that for national reasons to me makes no sense not not really um but well not at all to be honest but they um Certainly, for you know the the kind of the, the dads that I meet, for example, the, the you know the mums and dads that I meet, their their English is is uh, they they can't speak it basically. H- like how do you deal really with it? Because s- they know. Do you, you stop shouting at them? I, speak slow <laughs> and loud. Do you, know? you understand <laughs> me? A cup of yeah, like- tea. <laughs> <laughs> I I speak French. You know, what I mean, this is yeah. why I went to university because, like, you know. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty important, uh, as, I, as I hope I've, illustra- I've illustrated to, to speak French in France. It's a, it's a pretty critical thing.
1: I kind of know the answer. I'm sort of, a, this is a cheat question because you told me in the WhatsApp chat. But as France has this such a kind of, uh, places so much importance on learning French and the French language. Mm. If you do come to the country and you need or want to learn the language, yep.
0: um,
1: do, you pay, do you have to pay yourself?
0: Well, Mike.
1: Well, I have got I
0: have I got some stats for you. Fantastic. Like basically, so um, around 150,000 people sign up for French lessons every year and almost uh, they're in France and um, they and they pay for them. That's how that's how that they know um, mm. that's how the state knows that you know that amount of people are signed up for them. Um and only around twenty seven thousand people per year are provided with French lessons free of charge by the state.
1: That is amazingly bad.
0: So so to give you an idea of the amount of people that are arriving here every year. Yeah. So like a, around three hundred thousand carte de sejour, which is like a residency permit, uh were issued in twenty twenty two. Three hundred thousand new ones. Um, but like a third of that was like students, so around a hundred thousand of that was students. So the, around two hundred thousand people that weren't students uh, were given like legal status to live in France in 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 twenty twenty two, and basically the twenty seven thousand people that were given that were given these free French lessons um, were they're given them by law. It's literally it's it's actually in law that if you come and this only this only applies to people that have arrived in France from outside of the EU right so like it, it, it's written in law that if you come to France from outside of the EU you have to attend about I think it's 90 to 100 hours of French lessons in the first year of your residency in France
1: and you have to pay yourself no no that, that's okay free. that is free right.
0: So, okay. so basically, the, the only lessons that like France provides for free to nurture this core of its um, society, the core of its culture, the very essence of its being, Mike... The pillar. Yeah, the, the pillar yeah. Of, of all things French. It only provides to those by law that it actually has to provide. There right. is no other provision, which, like, you know harks back to the to the news story that i was talking about earlier where like basically the the left wing the sort of center left is basically saying your immigration policy is just full of shit basically because like you know you say one thing and you're making no real effort to include anybody into any of this at all it's just bluster basically
1: yeah it sounds it's quite strange because in uh, denmark with me uh i was trying to find the web page that i got up earlier but um as far as, I can, as far as I can tell, that learning Danish is free, completely free. Um, the only thing you might have to do, I think if you're over 18 and you've come here for work or, uh, or, or to study, then you have to pay a deposit of uh, 2,000 Danish kroners, but that deposit obviously is a deposit, so you get it back. But yeah. to actually go to Danish language school... As far as I can tell, and when anyone when anyone wants to correct me on it, uh, I did Google it earlier, and I'm trying to ferociously Google it as I'm speaking right now. But um, it is free; it's a free thing. So, so that's, to, that's just unbelievable. So, so, I mean, so, just, so Dan- just Denmark backwards. puts its money where its mouth is. France.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say like what? I, honestly, like I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go off on one. But like honestly, like you, you know, in in this third part, we're gonna talk a, a bit about our about our personal experiences of what it was like when we arrived in these countries and uh, and couldn't speak the languages. But I, um, I'm going to preface like what I'm going to say with, uh, it was really horrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like, uh, what was it like for you?
1: Learning the language. We're we, we already there. Okay, because I, I was just about to hit you with some Danish.
0: Go on, let's have some Danish, go on.
1: For the, the, the culture minister, um, or the, not the culture minister, but the culture um, ministry is the word I'm looking for. They have a, a language section. And um, I'm going to try, you know, French sounds so much better than the Danish, but it says here, Sproul er a tradition og kulturel kontinuitet. A sproget er en motor for kulturel vækst. Uden det danske sprog er det vanskeligt at forstille sig dansk kultur. And that translates to language is the bearer of tradition and cultural continuity, and language is a motor for cultural growth. Without the Danish language, it is difficult to imagine Danish culture. <laughs> so, so, but uh, you may laugh, Pat. <laughs> I am laughing. You are laughing. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, if I could challenge you on that, is there any part of that that isn't true, though?
0: Well, it's a bit of a sticky wicket, isn't it? Because, <laughs> like, because it... <laughs> in um... a way,
1: I, I understand the kind of the grandioseness, and maybe that's what you're laughing at. But I mean, as you were saying about with with uh, with French, with the idea that mm. you can kind of uh, agree with it, but at the same time, everyone also has to speak English. And it's, if if you're looking at Denmark as a country of five and a half million people that has mm. its own, as you were talking about before, traditions and 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 and, and cultural. Um, so he it has his own traditions, then language is a way to also communicate that tradition.
0: So I do agree that like language is important for social cohesion. I mean, that's just obvious. If you can't communicate with people, then, then things become pretty difficult pretty mm. quickly, as we're going we're gonna to talk about in a minute. Um, what I don't agree with is excluding people oh, absolutely, but they they can't speak the can't speak the language, and that they can't uh, they're not being effectively given aid to to speak it. I mean, like what you know you've just said there is like the Danish political message is that um, Danish as a language is critical for Danish culture. Yes, but but they also expect that, accept the fact that you know people have to be able to communicate internationally because you know there are only you know just over five million people who live in Denmark. Yeah, and they provide all of the tools anybody could ever need for free to learn the language yep
1: you moved as to
0: opposed, the wrong country in fact. you moved to the wrong... <laughs> as opposed to france you know as you know it's it's a pretty i mean nationalism in france can be extremely bellicose you know like it, it, it it's not much fun a lot of the time you know there, there's a lot of racism in france mm. you know for for a variety of reasons but you know i i hope that um what do I think about, like, you know, the language being essential for culture? It's tricky.
1: Well, even the jokes we're making are kind of very cultural inferences we're kind of are, bringing yeah. up. And other maybe other English people will kind of get where we're coming from and laugh, where maybe yeah. the French listeners or Danish listeners will maybe understand some of it, but not all of it. So in a way, I can kind of understand the, uh, the, yeah, the idea behind it. But I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, you have to allow for people to have a life, who maybe can't speak it when they get here, or at least have trouble learning a different language, because, you know, sometimes learning a language is difficult. And you, uh... I mean, to,
0: to give you just a, an anecdotal example, like I met a lady on the, on the tram in Montpellier the other day, and she was, uh, she heard my son, uh, I was speaking English to my son, Arthur, yeah. Um, and she, she said to, she said to Arthur, you know, are you, you can speak English? And, and she he said, yeah, I'm British. And, you know, she was from Nigeria and she'd lived in Ni- Nigeria. uh the language of instruction in Nigeria is, is English. right? And, um, she, she'd been in France for four years. She'd lived in Britain. She didn't like it because of the weather. <laughs> neither did we, you know? neither did we, you know. <laughs> and, uh she uh she had i i said to her you know how how do you like it here you know how are you getting on and she and she said like what what i really wish is that you know there was there were, there were more opportunities in english because there aren't any effectively she had two masters mike you know what i mean she she was here with her family she couldn't work mm you know, what I mean, it's because like, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to say it's specifically because of this sort of like political posturing, but uh, I would go as far as to say it probably doesn't help. Do you know, what I yeah, mean, it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like all of the job, for example, like, you know, I'm, I'm applying to do my work placement now for the second year of my master's. And um, you have to be able to speak English and French fluently. Yeah, for all that I'm applying for like media jobs in Paris. I mean, you have to be able to speak like fluent English and native French. Do you know what I mean? But you can't just speak English because then no one will understand you, and you can't not speak English because because no one will like, you. because no one will understand you. <laughs> yeah. Absolute nightmare.
1: Yeah, I think that's interesting because again, it reminds me. Of, I mean, I, I've been kind of maybe talking Denmark up, but especially in terms of education, Um I. I Again, it's been up for political debate and I'm not sure where the land lies right now, but there have been lots of cases of people coming again from um, non-Western backgrounds with, Mm. as you say, a master's or university degree or they're trained nurses, but they can't actually get a job in Denmark. And language is Mm. maybe one of the barriers. But the other one is, is that, as you could uh, if you remember the uh, integration barometer, number two was mm. education. And Denmark is mm. this huge education country. So the, so even if it's a master's, the university or the way it's studied or the, uh, the, um, the degree is just not recognized. Mm. And so in order to become recognized, guess what you need? The mm. language, because you might need to do a few courses to kind of get your degree or your training to the Danish level but you can't get your degree or training to the Danish level to get a job before you can not just read and write Danish, but you'd, you know, academic, you'd have to actually study, which is a whole other ball game. So there are people here who are skilled, but there is a big debate about maybe relaxing some laws uh to, in order to, because we need work people as you know, it's a, it's a European problem. We actually do need immigration, believe it or not kids that we actually need people to come here. So, um, <laughs> So, yeah, and, and I'm not sure where the actual political uh, situation, what the actual political situation is right now on that. But it is mm. definitely a problem with, with uh, which, yeah, which is uh, relates to what you just said about the Nigerian woman there.
0: So we're going to talk, like, briefly about our experiences of, uh, of being uh, non-communicative. I picked <laughs> it up day one, we, where mate. Where I picked <laughs> it up day one. Day one. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, uh, like, what were your uh, uh, you arrived from from London in it? Yeah. Uh, so, like, what what were your what were your first years like in Denmark in terms of language?
1: Well, I I'm kind of the poster child for this integration barometer. You know, they uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm quite surprised there's not a kind of picture of my face on there <laughs> because I basically did in in the order that they wanted me to do it. I uh, uh, I was very lucky that I went into a cafe, a bar, and asked if they had work. And the guy who was kind of uh, run it, a guy called Mark, was English. And I had no idea. And so he gave me a job as a dishwasher. And he kind of said, as soon as you can learn the language or understand what's being said to you, you can move upstairs and and work in the kitchen, which is motivation enough. I did go to the... um, what I was mentioned earlier about the free kind of uh, language classes in the evening, but then my work became full time. So I sort of learned it on the job. Um, And then after working there for a few years, I suddenly realized that maybe I should get an education. Mm. And then, so I did step two of the integration barometer, which was getting an education. But again, my written Danish was really bad at that point. And then step three, the language sort of came into place. But if we're talking about are we talking about the early days like you know the the first couple talk, of yeah
0: talk talk about whatever you want you know what i mean it's like um i mean i mean like, yeah yeah go for it do, do what you want
1: well there was a lot of sitting around at the dinner table uh with uh, with my uh my ex-wife's family's house and
0: just to be clear, your, ex, your ex-wife is Danish, right?
1: Yeah, she's Danish, yeah. I came here with a Dane. I think I mentioned that last week. But for those of you who are just listening for the first time, um, <laughs> I came over here with a Danish woman um, in uh, 1999. So uh, the first few months was she was my personal translator, which was tiring for her and for mm-hmm. me. There was a lot of times where all the family or whoever would be sitting around talking, laughing and joking. And then after... All the all the laughter dies down. I then get get told the joke, okay. and you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's a b- bit late for that kind of thing, and um, so it was. But I was very lucky in in the fact that I did have my uh, ex wife there to help me and to translate things for me, and um, so yeah, that maybe it, it it still was difficult, but it was made a lot easier by the fact that I had a native speaker, I was living with a native speaker at the time. What about you?
0: It was it was pretty horrible. I'm not going to lie. I mean, uh, like for a start, like I'm uh, I'm married to uh, Fiona. Uh, She's uh, she's English as well. She could she could speak French kind of um, she had kind of a level French. Uh, She could speak English. uh, Sorry, she could speak French pretty well. But not amazingly well so she couldn't you know she could she could only saw like do
1: so the republic didn't accept her when she came it it
2: wasn't enough
0: (laughs) we we weren't really well accepted no like we were um we lived in uh in the middle of nowhere we weren't in a town uh we were in a we were right out in the woods in a place called Carrez. and we neither of us could really communicate very well at all i mean there were not very many people there and uh it it took a long long time those those first few years i mean i started having there there was no aid provided by the state at all and so i mean i was working in english we spoke in english in the house Mm. and really even in supermarkets and stuff like that talking to i mean i literally i couldn't even order a coffee when we first arrived and uh, it was uh (laughs) i Uh, I mean it could be it could be pretty hostile i'm not gonna lie you know what i mean like people could be you know if if you can't speak the language at all like you know some people you know really don't like that and um even in supermarkets and stuff like that even asking for you know to i remember specifically trying to buy some raisins for the kids you know the the our children were pretty pretty young when we first arrived i mean the boys were like a year old they're 14 now yeah, and um, I, I'll never forget that conversation. It was just awful. You know what I mean? I mean, like me being a, a sort of white British man. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty much like what's wrong with that? Most, <laughs> the world's most privileged demographic. Exactly. And all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, I was kind of like shocked into into this situation where uh, you know I couldn't speak to anybody about anything. You know, I'd like so basically. It was kind of, it was it was a, a bit similar to your situation in a way in that you know Fiona could speak French like you know well enough to sort of get by. Mm. I mean, a bit better than that. She could speak it like okay, but you know, um, it wasn't until like I I'd been living in you know I had a, a sort of string of French teachers over 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 the years, but like it really wasn't until uh we'd been here for about eight years for about seven or eight years that i that i went to university and started uh started learning french french seriously i mean by that point i was about i passed a b1 exam right so like i you know i i you know i could like you know buy tickets i was i was like autonomous in the fact that i could sort of like you know go into shops and buy stuff and bloody blah, blah, blah and i've been living there for like nearly eight years just to give you an idea so like if you're listening to this and, you know, thinking, should I go to a foreign country? Go to Denmark. You <laughs> know what I mean? Where, where, where We, you don't, want you we don't want you here. We don't want more people here.
1: We, you know, don't, <laughs> th- th- don't come
0: here. Go to Sweden. No, it was pretty horrible. I'm not going to lie. All, all of the, yeah, everything you said about like not getting jokes and bloody blah. Mm. I mean, it was just like that times 20. It was just awful, basically. So like, you know, I don't regret it now because obviously, you know, I'm I'm pretty fluent in French and, you know. Like I said, I'm doing a master's in French and bloody blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you know, that's fine. But uh, you also, but writing. Yeah, a, like, I
1: mean, come on, you're also writing a kind of a book in French. I, know,
0: I did write, I did write a novel in French last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I did do that. So yeah. I, Available I guess, like, from uh, all good bookstores. <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we'll see. But like yeah, that, that um, yeah, not not being able to communicate at all is is an extremely humbling experience, you know. And yeah. I, and they, which is probably why we're you know part of the reason that we're we're doing this podcast. You know, it's one yeah. of the main things that you know we we have in having common. You know, is the fact that we you know we 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 had to go through that. You know, it's a uh, it's uh, yeah coming from London very, very and,
1: and yeah sorry to interrupt yeah but it's coming yeah. from London and feeling kind of king of the castle so to speak. And then all of a sudden I'm downstairs in a kitchen in a foreign country and everyone's kind of, you know, and again, a lot of people are speaking to me in English, which which is nice, but there were a few people who insisted um, that they didn't want to talk to me in English, which is their prerogative. So being kind of just told what to do by everyone and everything and just going to like, yeah, this kitchen porter position and just everybody speaking a different language around you every day. Because yep. people, say so people addressed me, I was lucky enough, if people addressed me directly, most of the time they would talk to me in English, but when you're sitting with your colleagues and when there's chat going on around you, it's all just in a foreign language and you just, you know, yeah so there's only one way to you know you just have to dig yourself out of that hole really
0: yeah well that's that's exactly that's exactly it like i said i've been you know i've been in education for like quite a long time now i worked for a long time you see like you know i worked in english like when we first when we first arrived here Mm. um um, it really was like after after I finished working you know it was it was my absolute priority was to learn the language like you know, as you know as I described before like if you if you don't have French in France you're kind of you're pretty dead really you can't really do much so you know that's why I, I did what I did but yeah
1: it's also so, important yeah. to note that it's even though I'm not trying to play the hard luck story because I know I understand that there are a lot of people who maybe come to Denmark and also France that don't have the same kind of resources that perhaps we have. As you said, we're was like white, white European males. We're kind of that like top of the pyramid. So it's easy for me to sort of say, yeah, well, I worked my way up and I, I and I did, but I also had the resources to, uh, to, to do it. And I also had the support at home.
0: Well, there we go. And I'm glad you had the resources to sort it out, Mike. And, uh, so Mike, am I, I, I. Yeah, no, and I, I'm, I did I nothing too. to earn
1: them I'm, I'm myself. I was born with them, so oh, I'm lucky. I'm just lucky. That's <laughs> it.
0: I think we're, we were both born lucky, Mike. And uh, I, I as Lady uh... Gaga
1: says, "Pat, I was, <laughs> I, I was born this way." You know, but I think she was talking about something else. To be honest, it's, um, yeah. Anyway, that, that, that's that's a whole other podcast. That, that, yeah. is,
0: a, that is another podcast. And uh, I think we're going to wrap this one up now. We've um, we've uh, extended our. Our time limit by by a bit, but um, yeah,
1: you've got a lot of editing work to do, young yeah, man. Yeah,
0: that that's it. But uh, so I'm gonna wrap this up and get on with that. Many thanks for listening. Uh, find us on Instagram, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We've got a link Spotify. tree on our, it's Spotify. That's it. We've got a, a link tree on our uh, bio on. Uh, ACAST on our social media, our social media uh, on um, on Instagram. We're at foreign Podcasts. Yep, is that right?
1: That's exactly what it is. Yeah.
0: Splendid. So if you want to follow us on there, that would be absolutely amazing. And if you don't, well, that is entirely up to you. No, it's not. It's, I- it's not choice. <laughs> sure, they have to do it. You know, yeah, they do have to do, do it, not allow it's people
1: to opt out because they will do it. <laughs> so you have to subscribe and everything else. And also next week, you would think, to kind of carry on this language thing thing because you've heard pat speak french tonight and uh it was as fluent as i think you could get you've also heard me speak a bit of danish so you would think that all our kind of social problems and being part of the community were solved by the fact that now we can speak fluent language and we're going to this yeah and we're and that is what we're actually going to talk about next is uh being a part of the society through language and how um, uh, the danish and french society are actually uh, as in the people that we meet how we are greeted and how we're kind of uh, received when we speak our learned fluency fluent language yeah
0: splendid and that's going to be in two weeks so many thanks for listening and we'll yep. see you then bye-bye